This is two thumbs undecided, everyone. I'm Zachary Scott Ferguson, and I'm sorry, everybody. I'm crying. It's just last episode, if you listened, I, uh, uh, I was confronted by Paul Thomas Anderson, who tricked me into thinking he kidnapped and killed my brother, when in fact he killed Matt Duffer, one of the Duffer brothers, uh, who made Stranger Things. But no one's heard higher tale high of Sam for so long. We don't know where he is. Zach? Huh? Zach. What? Is that is that is that my stomach? Is that what what's going on? Is that my stomach? Am, hey, am I hungry? Hey, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was late. I I <gasps> was sleeping Sam! a little bit. What's what's oh, going my... on? Sorry. Oh, Sam, you're alive. I've I've had your Facebook chat open for weeks now, hoping that you would just show up. Everyone, it's Sam Ferguson. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, thank God. Last week we had like yeah. A whole bunch of other was, people who. St- I was listening to it live while I was on on that boat uh, that you said I was on, um, and quite the quite the interesting uh, episode, I have to say. Right Seems that uh, Dr. PT Anderson is out. Well, I'm Doctor Fauci called in, which is a whole other thing. But it seems like PT Anderson is out for our blood. Uh, he some for some reason has a big vendetta not only against Stranger Things but also against um, us. Um, uh, I don't know what Guillermo we really did. I, I mean, I guess maybe maybe you embarrassed him because also that was the other thing. You kept calling the the Duffer brother. Which which one, by the way, did he did he end up Matt. kicking? I Matt. don't want to ruin it. I know, I know, Matt? I called him. You kept uh, yeah, on I saying call... Matt was a He's was a fat. large man. <laughs> I know. Which he's not really that like. I mean, in, here's the thing. He's kind of a normal. Stop like body shaming people. That gets us to the topic I, of today, which is uh, oh, oh, the topic of uh, movies and TV shows that didn't age well. Yes. I, I didn't fetch. Yes. Also, I'm, you said. Here's the thing. If you, you there's a few things that happened during that. Um, Go ahead. That, well, here's the thing. Who knows? Maybe he'll become a fat man later on. And also, I wasn't body shaming you, uh, him. I was just trying to say why he didn't look like you. You are not. I'm just typically... saying that guy didn't even. <laughs> that guy didn't even look. Well, he isn't even a fat man. He's, well, he's, he's fat a very normally. To, like, I mean, a nothing small child. not normal. I mean, I'm right, fat. Wh- whatever. To a I'm. Small I'm. Child. I'm just saying, if if that Matt person did end up drowning in the in the in the one of the seas, I don't know which one. Then I'm I I would hate to think that the last thing the first thing that we said in his in his in his death was that he was, chubby. That he, was a, he was a large man that was he was a chubby man <laughs> when in fact that's not even correct. Also, um, I like to kind of are to the public, but yeah, this is Sam, everybody. This is me. Uh, I for those of you who were mourning my passing, uh, I was fine. I was on a vacation. Uh, I was, um, in North Carolina slash Virginia, which is why I'm now quarantining in New York because New York has strict laws about being in said states. Um, actually that's, it's, I take that back. It was, it, they're not strict laws at all. You can get, get around them fairly easy if you know how. Um, and we're a media show. We talk about media things, mostly about movies, but sometimes about TV shows, music, etc. Um, another thing about the episode, because uh, regrettably we do sometimes mispronounce names, um, and uh, you said Mayala Rudolph 
or you 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 mispronounced oh yeah I, bu- I destroyed name. that name it's yeah, Maya Rudolph I know I called Maya her Maya Rudolph Oy. you know folks uh I just want to let you know due to these mispronunciations uh I ha- we have you know uh, maybe this is why we're not getting accredited, Sam. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing. I mean, I guess that's news. Uh, we have not been accredited for any mm-hmm. of the three uh, film festivals that we, we have failed. applied to. And this is a shame for those people who have listened uh, in years past because we did, in fact, get into a few film festivals in years past. We have gotten into Sundance uh, as accredited uh, journalists slash critics. We got into Sundance. We got into New York Film Festival last year. Um, we got into Cannes with an asterisk. Uh, we got into... I think that's about it. Um, but this year, we one of my biggest... Our biggest plans hey. as a show was to go big and go home and to apply to as many as possible and get into as many as possible. Unfortunately, COVID has made it uh, much harder to do so um, because... Well, people aren't, first off, Americans aren't really supposed to be traveling, uh, so that's no, number no. one. But number two, um, you know, they're trying to do social distance critic stuff, so they're only going to be doing, you know, A.O. Scott kind of big wigs, you know, IndieWire. Not, uh, not uh, ZSF. Type of. Uh, not ZS Ferguson not, not, or SL Yeah, Ferguson. you know, they, they don't want the... We're the we're the real news, you know. We're the we're the real stuff. They don't exactly. want they don't want real people getting in. We're although the real Doctor Fauci comes on. What? Sorry, the cat cat just opened the door. One sec, keep talking. Um. So, like the COVID ni- the COVID nineteen is uh pretty prevalent in the world. Uh, has been if you haven't looked outside your window, and if you haven't, hey, good for you. You're staying inside, but um. You know, the COVID-19 is a real prevalent thing in the film community. Uh, they stopped production on The Batman. And uh, our uh, Sir Paul, uh, Robert Patterson has COVID-19. So he'll be quarantined, and we're going to be hoping. And He's and, not a... Uh, huh? I just want to put this out there. He's not a sir. I don't want people to think that Robert Patterson has been knighted while having covid and possibly endangering uh, the queen. Well, here's the thing. He, after after your Batman, I'm pretty sure you can become knighted. That's a, you know that's a funny. Well, I guess Chris. Here's the weird thing. So Michael a Keaton lot of is, Batman, is knighted. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Michael Keaton is an American. Yo, know, he's from Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, yes. Christian Bale is very British. Like, imagine if okay. So this is a funny thing. Imagine the people they get to play American actors. Just could not learn how to do an English uh, American accent, but they're like, "This guy is such a great actor. Let's just have Batman be British." And just like, "Oh, couldn't save her, Alfred." It would be it would be such a weird movie, like t- two British people talking to each other. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, guess I that's Mighty like, Python. Um, I mean, no, but imagine just um, me like, no, Sarah, where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? Where's the bomb? Where'd you bet the bomb? What are you oh, talking then, about, Zach? Imagine, what's wrong also, with I, so much of British comedy is too or British? But not comedy. General, I'm talking about British Batman. Talking. I mean, there are gruff British people, but they're always like Cockney or like I'm trying to think like. So this this is Batman, right? 
So, but what's a British Batman? If like Christian Bale wasn't a good actor and couldn't do an American accent, he'd be, "Oi, who's the boom? Who's the I, I boom?" I personally don't. Let's... I personally don't think there's anything wrong with the British people. You know, you want to take a, an iconic, you know, universally loved Fuzzy. character. Uh, I'm not gonna hold also, it against. Also, when the when the, the, uh, the Gotham Knights, I think I think. When... Also, when the football field blows up, what would Batman call that? Like, oh, they blew up the damn footy ball. The footy. What do they call football in Britain? Not soccer. They, they, call they blew it up the sock. But I think, uh, they... <laughs> I think, uh, wait, hold on. I think Benedict Cumberbatch would make a great um, Batman, let me just say. I well, I mean, he's Dr. Strange. In a way, I think I would be more excited. Anyways, we've been on this topic way too long. Sorry oh, to Dr. Robert Patterson, but you're not the only person with COVID. This is ravaging across the world. Um, a quaff. And I'm I heard sure a, anyone, a quaff the Robert world. Patterson, is probably going to be fine. Um, oh, so, you say that, yeah, Sam. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I hope Robert Patterson's okay. I hope he's okay. Okay? I don't want to come back sure two weeks later. Fine. And yeah, have me I open mean, up to another podcast where I go, but on a serious note. Yeah, knit yourself another sweater if you listen <laughs> <Yeah>. to last <laughs> week's you, you like that? Yeah, that was um, – right, anyway. Anyways, um, I think oh, that's yeah. kind of it for the news. That was – I mean, that's all – I mean, I guess Tenet came out, but I don't really want to spend too much time on Tenet. Um, yeah. The other thing – oh, this is more of a note to myself on yeah, someone's possibly loud. interview – um, oh, well, this is a little bit of 2 to you news. Um, we are, so we have a friend uh, who's been on the show a few times. He's not quite the, the fourth thumb yet. He hasn't gotten to the, the, the place as Karina's. We're, Karina's we're hoping to get like five thumbs ev- eventually, but we're, we're etching our way to yes. four. But this, this guy, uh, he's been on, I think, twice. Um, his name is Nick DeVoe. Yeah, he was on. He uh, was the S. He was on a what? he was on our uh, a famous quarantine or uh, our pandemic our virus yes, episode our pandemic our virus episode, and um he was the assistant to, um the <laughs> infamous slash famous Charlie Kaufman, um for the most recent movie that's getting a bunch of hype, um I'm thinking of ending things. Charlie Kaufman was the director, and our friend Nick DeVoe was was his assistant. Now, what what's um, so special about this Charlie Kaufman guy? You know, what's so special? Yeah, so we Charlie Kaufman. If you don't know, Charlie Kaufman uh, is a big. He was a huge writer and has since transitioned to becoming a famous director. Well, um, I always consider did, him still um, a famous writer over. Uh, yeah, he's more so of a writer. He's kind of a writer's director. I mean, he started out as a writer, but he did probably one of the most well-known <laughs> writing writers movie adaptation. Um, he also did Being John Malkovich, did as in wrote, because um, those were directed by uh, Spike Jones. Uh, but then he transitioned to directing for Synecdoche, New York. Um, he did, um, what was the one that was marionettes? Uh, that's the Amalisa. Are you thinking of being John Malkovich? Because there's puppets and... No, no, no. I, I'm thinking of Amalisa. Amalisa? Yeah, Amalisa. Ana- uh, no, it's, it's sorry, yeah, it's Anomalisa so... because there's a woman named Lisa and she's an anomaly. So she's an Anomalisa. 
Great Got movie. It. Very so he, that sad. That was something he directed. All his movies he are so that. sad. He also, well, hold up, hold up. He also did. Um, so sad. Uh, he wrote. I think probably his most well known is he did um, Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. He wrote that. So he's very well known writer. Um, and so Nick was Nick. We are going to be talking with Nick. Um, but Nick has assured that he doesn't really want to have our interview um, out in the open um, for various, you know, you know, secret reasons. But he did say he'll interview for us for our Patreon account. So if you want to hear that interview, he we're going to have a special thing where you can sign up what? for those people who <laughs> this sign is, up to wait, our this Patreon. This is new to me. So wait, we have to do, it's going it, to, oh, you're going to have to pay to listen to that interview. Yes, you're gonna have to pay to listen to this episode because that's not the only way episode, Nick's gonna the, do it. The but Charlie Kaufman one. Not this episode, no. I mean, obviously you're listening to this, but um, that's pretty. Intense. He did say that he's gonna speak with uh, the Sea Man, and we might get an interview with him. I'm not. It's not confirmed. <laughs> nothing's confirmed. He might say, he might say no, um, but he might say yes. Uh, so maybe or he may come. Who knows? Maybe um, he'll be one, another one of those people who comes down to my house and uh, records it here, at my uh, apartment. <laughs> yes, I think Charlie you know? Kaufman's gonna venture to Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, wait, did never mind. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's enough news for today. I think we're actually at the perfect time now to transition. Um, to <gasps> our uh, theme. Um, now, Charlie Kaufman's movie is I'm Thinking of Ending Things, right? Um, and I think something that I would like to end uh, is a series of, uh, you know, misogyny, sexism, racism in throughout film history. Um, and that is kind of... The epitome of today's so we looked today's episode. we looked it's, at it's, uh, some movies that we found to be like geez how did these get made and then we realized oh these got made because they were not considered bad at the time so I mean I'll just open it up like, yeah so well well no oh, let oh, me let me oh. open it up because I actually have a bit okay. of a uh, a beforehand before we get into the a movies. little bit of history if you um not. Not history, no, but more so um, the, you know, I guess we can get into, well, f- hmm. I guess we can't obviously get into everything in film history uh, that is bad. I mean, kind of, basically anything before the 70s, you can kind of, and we'll talk about some of the bad movies from the past, but everything before the 70s has some kind of... Um, you know, very masculine men, yeah. white male centered, uh, tinge to it. And I say the seventies mm. slash, you know, early sixties because I think that's when, uh, that's when a lot of films started being a little bit more focused on reality and not focused on like what is good in Hollywood, like um, Midnight Cowboy, for instance, a film that talks about homosexuality not as a joke but it talks about and yet, you, know, you know not just weird. homosexuality you know but like sex working as a you know as a job and, and things like that that don't that talk about 
you know, specific, very uh, specific types of lives that aren't white males. Don't you um, think it's interesting? In a non comedic slash problematic way. Don't what? you think it's interesting that a movie that's so revolutionary for um, kind of, I guess, the gay community, or not, is it a gay community, or just like such a. Um, an undergroundy movie like Midnight Cowboy has John John Vo- Voigt, who is like was yeah. knight- like basically our version of knighted here in America by Donald Trump for being like this is a guy who gets it being a prostitute. Yeah. Well, age does that to you. Age certainly turns you into uh, something else from your younger. Younger years. Also, I mean, the I th- I think you know, he probably did it more so for the, for the buck, as opposed to making some kind of statement. Um, but also that being said, um, I think it's also important to note that um, well, maybe we should get into this at the end of like what, uh, what are some you know, some things that are a little what makes things. What's the argument for things that some people say are controversial but aren't, um, which we can talk about at the end. Well, let's um, just get right into it. But in it. my mind, Oy. okay, let's. It seems like you're very anxious. All right, let's let's get right. Well, into I mean, there's it. just so, such so a these are I, like there's films. such. People need to know exactly right off the bat, like what the heck we're talking about. Okay, the most obvious, dumbfoundedly obvious thing that has not aged over time is doing a. Uh, a person playing another race. It does not bode well. Uh, and I'm talking another yeah, race. See, I was... Not me being British. I imagine maybe, I don't know if that's on PC, but like me, let's say like, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's let's just say Andy Rooney playing a, uh, an Asian character in Breakfast and Ch- uh, Tiffany's. Like that's horrible. Yeah. Like doing a outright. See, the thing stereotype and it's just straight up racist like a whole subclass of things wrong with um like making fun of asians throughout film history because it's like there's so many things where i mean other asians have played obviously breakfast at tiffany's is one of it's you know i don't never mind i was gonna it is so horror like so horrible that they tried to like make a joke of i mean it kind of started from like the the world war ii propaganda of like japanese people and like you know even like the looney tunes portraying japanese people as like these goofy and disney as well what you know what's weird is okay so you know what i'm talking about with the andy rooney uh, being a uh, Mickey Rooney. Andy Rooney yes. is the guy from 60 Mickey Minutes. Mickey Rooney, yes. Mickey Rooney. I just read on this mm. this article that I'm reading that, like, it... What? Oh. Um, that, uh, Isn't Andy Rooney the person in ha- charge of... No, I'm looking it up right now. Steelers? It's Mickey Rooney. No, No, that's... no, I'm saying Andy Rooney. Oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, you know what? You find that out. But, um... So Andy Rooney is shoot. Now you're screwing me up. No, Andy Rooney is sixty minutes. I just looked it up. Uh, no, yeah, you're you're right. I'm that talking it's, about it's Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Let me. Go. I'm holding my huge knife right now. Um, 
He says that in 2008, when Mickey Rooney apparently was still alive, it breaks his heart that people find issue with the movie. Now, people, look up this photo of Mickey Rooney and try to understand what the heck he means by that because he looks like an offensive caricature. And he said, never in all the, the, all the more than 40 years after we made it, not one complaint. Every place I've gone to in the world, people say, you are so funny. Asians and Chinese come up to me and say, Mickey, you are out of this world. Oh, okay. Maybe he didn't understand what they meant by you were out of this world, meaning like that is so, you are so out of touch. Um, but you know what's interesting is that, so Mickey Rooney has been described as uh, this being a super racist character, but if the South Park guys still do character jo- uh, voices still, caricature voices today. Yeah. Which and that kind of gets into like what, is there like a delay? Can you not hear me talking? No, I can, then... I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, so that that I mean that kind of gets into like what I think is another side conversation of things that maybe what makes stuff like that, for instance, South Park and some movie like like um, Sopranos or or movies Wait, what's wrong about with Sopranos? that have well, I mean they're fairly homophobic, you know, racist. Oh, they're not great not... people. Hold on, hold on. I, I think this is a different thing. See, the well, that's part... what I'm getting at. Is I'm saying what I mean. I get one is comedic and one is not comedic. But what makes that type of thing okay for if it is okay for those for for other content to be racist, misogynistic, to make fun of of Asian people, um, and not say. Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think the reason, or okay, Temple so of Doom, my, or Sixteen Candles, or I mean, the list goes on and on. There's so many movies that make fun of. So, and like with Sixteen he, Candles and Temple of Doom, these are actually Asian actors playing Asian people, oh, so it's right. not as bad. But it's still like they're playing into a stereotype. I'm sure Spielberg and uh, who did Sixteen Candles? Uh, that was John Hughes. John Hughes are directing these people to play it a certain way. Or it's unfortunate because they auditioned. They they just did it naturally, which is unfortunate because they're conditioned to believe you can only get a part if you are playing this type of Asian character. That may be. Well, you know what? I just so I think the reason why that uh, a show like South Park is still not canceled and maybe it is. I think people uh, it's not canceled in that way is that uh, they make fun of people throughout every spectrum, like every single thing. And they also make kind of good characters, I guess. And I think also it's because it hit kind of this sweet point in 2000 where it was kind of supposed to be shock value. Um, Somebody may argue with me and say uh, it should be canceled. I don't think it's funny. Uh, But uh, I think... I think some of it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're... I actually, I haven't watched South Park in a while, but I don't think they're as bad well, Okay, they're Chinese. Their Asian characters things. are quite offensive. I mean, like, in that term. They are? Okay, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I mean, um, they're definitely But I think we should up. move on to, to other types of... Um, I mean, I, I think there's 
So the, there's the like people like whites playing and making fun of Asians, but just in other in gen, more generic things, not even making fun of it, but whites playing, you know, any other type of ethnicity. For instance, King of the the King or what something of Prussia, the one that Jake Gyllenhaal was in, King oh, of Prussia. Oh, Prince of Persia. The Prince, video game Prince of too. Persia, that's it. Yeah, he plays the Prince of Persia, Jake Gyllenhaal, a very white indie star from the 90s slash 2000s. Um, and Ghosts, Ghost in the Shell, Scarlett Johansson, who also in an interview said that she can play a tree if she wants to. Um, <laughs> but she hasn't gotten that role that yet. Is, she hasn't. But I mean, she hasn't been canceled. I wanted. I think Scarlett Johansson is still. Oh no! You know I mean, she was in Marriage well, Story guess, and stuff. But Ghost. You know it's weird. Ghost you in can, the Shell. You can she played a character anybody. that. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. She played a character that um, was is tip is a Japanese character, um, and also in I mean, if we just keep going back, like. We want to talk about even worse version of white people playing another race. Like blackface has been around for a very long time, and I mean, there's classic instances of films like Jazz Singer, which has a whole sequence in blackface, which is obviously not aged well. Yeah. Um, but there's also Holiday Inn, you know, where um, what's his face? Uh, who's that does one? blackface? I know what you're talking about. I remember. But um, you know who I'm... T- what's his name? Yeah, uh, Gary... Uh, uh, Holiday Inn, you say? Holiday. Uh, Bing Crosby. The famous singer. Bing Cro- oh. Yeah, Bing Crosby does blackface for a while. Um, for, like, a whole scene. Bing Crosby. And or, or uh, it- West Side Story has black uh, has brown face. Some of the people who play the people from Puerto Rico are white. And they, you know, brown their face up a little bit. Um... You know, if it's we want to get up. even more, a little bit more light or uh, not not necessarily blackface, but, you know, Tarantino's use of the N-word in, in Pulp Fiction constantly. Um, yeah, what's up? with well, Or just any time, which is kind of another, that's also an instance where it's like, is it or isn't it? What do people actually think about it? Not nearly the same as blackface, but definitely doesn't age too well when... Tarantino's in the kitchen in Pulp Fiction and he just keeps on saying the dead N-word over and over again, which yeah, I really it's... don't know why he added that. It doesn't really add anything uh, to the movie. I guess it was the 90s and he was trying to be shocking. You know, I got to tell you, I haven't seen Holiday Inn in a while and I'm looking at these photos of Ben Crosby doing blackface and oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, horrible. it is very bad. Like there's, and the, it's one of those things that. Also, there's a scene in the ahead. movie where I guess they're applying each other's makeup, and it's supposed to be like an uh, like a romantic scene, and the woman is like looking longingly into Ben Crosby's eyes as she has blackface on, like as she's applying. It's like, oh yeah. my! <laughs> there's a movie I guess that hasn't aged well, um, but some people it really still hasn't, really love it because I I remember watching it over Christmas and having no idea of that scene whatsoever. And that scene just came up, and I was shocked. And they, they don't have that scene in on TC. Like, they cut that scene completely. Also, that scene really isn't even that necessary. Like, that's what's so we crazy about some of this. Face, this the producer said. Because some of these stories, like, I, I want to also get into White Savior films, which are films that definitely haven't aged very well. 
But that stuff that unfortunately is kind of ingrained into the plot, for stuff like Jazz Singer or Holiday Inn, you know, these these are choices that you can very easily cut. They're not that fun. They're not funny at all, and they're they're things that are just kind of thrown in there and like have ruined the tarnished the movie forever. For instance. I mean, also at Breakfast at Tiffany's. That character was not needed. He did not move the plot along whatsoever. He was just well, a he's very the, he, racist yeah, character. He was there for comedic effect. Like, oh, he's a foreign student in an American land. Oh, but he gets the girl without tricking her. Yeah, and then, um, so, I mean, we could probably do a whole entire episode just on white savior movies. Um, because oh, yeah. it's... It's something that I think is more recently, because blackface, I think, was frowned upon for a while now. Yeah, I wonder um, when that started. I guess, I wonder when that finally got ebbed out, like, boy, we should probably not be making money off this. I I wonder if it's around well, actually, like the 50s. What's this, the, when... Who's the guy in, um, who's the guy who was in, um, yes. um, something, or not, what yes. the? Man, I'm uh, forgetting his name completely. He's a famous comedian who hosted the Oscars in like 2008 and had blackface. Oh, uh, Mel uh, Brooks. Oh, 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 Ted Danson. No, not Mel Brooks. Not Ted Danson. Ted Wait, Danson, someone no. did blackface. Bill, uh, Bill uh, Cosby. <laughs> no. no, I know uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal did blackface in the he 2008 did? Oscars or something. Yeah, or whenever he hosted in like the late two thousands, he hosted, and uh, and it really wasn't panned. At I don't remember much criticism at the time. Of course, I was a kid, but it it certainly has gotten further than you think. Blackface, because I think there was still a point where people could do blackface, and it was funny, not because they were making fun of people of color, but because they were doing. It was funny because they were doing blackface. But I'm not now, seeing any photos you know. of Billy Crystal doing blackface. I see photos of Jimmy Kimmel playing, or somebody, oh, Bill, here it is. Billy Crystal does Sammy Davis Jr., who is a yeah. black man. Yes. Yeah, on an yeah. SNL. Uh, oh, on an Oscar night. Okay, I see. Ugh. There you go. Um, but something a little bit That's more a... recent is White Savior movies, which I think... The kind of recently have become or maybe just to my but like I mean white saver movies were all the rage in the 90s and 2000s I feel like there were so many white savior movies um I mean uh what's this called uh driving miss daisy is probably the biggest example of it and which is also why it's just so I mean, going back to, you know, we kind of ranted and raved about Green Book when it won the best Oscar. But it's also so crazy because that movie is such an outlier today, because I think nowadays people can kind of very easily point out white savior movies. Um, whereas in like the 90s, there wasn't as much of a it was it was kind of their way of of having any type of movie about, you know, race relations, but you still had to have it through the eyes of a white person. Um, Mm. 
Are you? And, uh, I mean, are you, but are you, are you about to talk what? about uh, what is it called? Um, Green Book. Then I mean, again, not did you Green Book did you watch? specifically, but also I did watch part of Green Book. It was a bad movie, but also like Dances with Wolves is a white savior movie. Um, it was not white saving black people, but it was it was for Native Americans. Um, people have said uh, Avatar is a white savior movie, even though it's you know it's very obvious that those blue aliens are supposed to rape, represent Native Americans. Um, and a white man has to go undercover as a, you know, have an avatar of a, uh, Native American kind of like creature, um, and save them. Um, so there, there's so many of those types of films that have not aged well, but that's, I mean, those types of movies really didn't start until the eighties and the nineties. Cause I feel like there wasn't people weren't even making films about black or Native American culture up until then, you know? Yeah. The one, though, the one thing that I saw a lot in, uh, in the eighties kind of movies is, um, this weird thing of like the sexualized, I mean, of course the sexualization of women, but I mean, this is a a tough one to talk about, but, uh, like both in Revenge of the Nerds and Sixteen Candles, there's like a comedic thing of like what actually is like rape, and it's put off as yeah. funny or like they won. Like oh, it's the it's always the nerds too. Like the nerds are like yeah, we did yeah. it. It's like no, you didn't. What you ostensibly did was deception. Or I think in Sixteen Candles, I think she, he drugs her or like. Tricks are into it's not cool. It's yeah. not it's not the only people who would f- it's find that funny now are like brain dead bubbas. And, and it's kinda it and that's yeah, that that was actually what I was gonna be talking about next. Um is there does seem to be up until fairly recently a thing in which nerds, like you're saying yourself, even with like American Pie, for instance where nerds are watching, like, puts a camera in this girl's, like, foreign exchange student rooms and watches her change um, and get naked, where it's not even, like, just rape culture, but just the fact that it's it's a laugh that men can watch women get undressed and get naked. And really, it's most comedies from the 70s and 80s, I feel like, objectifies women to a degree in which they're just sexualized. But it's, like, still funny because it's, you know, it's from, like, these geeks. Like, that's what... I think that's what makes it okay is it's from, like, not the jocks' perspective. And so since it's, like, some geek that's watching them get undressed or has them drugged up or something like that, and it's like, wow, this is too good to be true, that's kind of the, 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 you know... That's what makes it okay, but I mean, obviously, it's it's not, and I don't know. I mean, that's something that really bothers me is like when I'm watching a movie and and it's it's there's a there's a rape scene, and it's just accepted. Um, like Once Upon in America, have you ever seen that movie? Uh, I start watching it, and honestly, it does make me. When you told me about what you're about to say, it kind of made me uncomfortable. So like. Do I really need to see this movie? Can I just watch no. America, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West? Which also is a little 
uncomfortable at points. Well, that's what the, I was talking about before. I think it's kind of Sergio Leone pointless is a little, to. He's not. He's not pushing the point at of women. It's pointless film. to point at movies pre, like in the fifties and forties, that about like trying to hold it up to today's standards. Um, because it's you, you'll just you know, you'll just find so many instances, and um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is still important to bring that stuff up, uh, but it's just so prevalent. Like it was just such a different mindset back then. Um, but I mean, it, it was still wrong. It's never not right. But no, in in Once Upon a Time in America. Um, and this is what's so crazy to me is like, this is never brought up. Like I never hear anyone talk about this scene because I think it, maybe it was a scene that might've been cut in like the theatrical release, but I saw it on, I think I watched it on Amazon. Um, but there's a scene where De Niro's character, the main character rapes his girlfriend, or I guess it's like his ex at that point. And like, it's very obvious that he, she's saying, no, stop, stop, stop. And he, they, he rapes her. And and then the rest of the movie is like it's kind of awkward, like they're kind of just awkward around each other. And he's like looking at her longingly. But it's like, you're a monster. You raped her. Like, you're not the hero anymore. And that's what's so in Saturday Night Fever. There's also a rape scene in that where De Niro, where uh, John Travolta rapes. Yeah, it's cut no. from it's cut from anything on TV. But the theatrical release he basically what? forces himself on this girl. And what's funny, what's not funny about it, what's sad about this stuff is it's done so nonchalantly and it's done so dangerously in that it's done so nonchalantly that you don't think about it. You don't know about it. It's, but it's, it's there and no one seems to be talking about these rape scenes in these movies. Um, so- and it definitely I, that that was actually the one thing that I remember from um, the movie Naked, the Mike Lee movie, was just like the random rape scene at the beginning of yeah. that. It, it then the and then we fall. I know that that's why I think the the director why he was doing this is like it's almost like you didn't expect it, and now you're making us like root for this guy. Like now he's the hero. Like you don't open up with the like. It's such a weird thing of like opening up on a rape scene and then like oh now we have to follow this guy and now it's uncomfortable throughout the whole movie. Um, very yeah. un- uh, good, a great movie, but very uncomfortable. Uh, Naked by Mike Lynn. That one scene. Is, I ugh. think um, that kind of that's a good instance of instances in film and TV with like the antiheroes of bad people and he i mean it's a for instance of an anti-hero but people who are bad horrible people but you still watch them and i think it's i think it's acceptable if you show the outcomes of that kind of life like in once upon a time in america he becomes like he's just uh He's just like your average Joe. Like, he succeeds. Maybe he kind of fails, but, like, he's not, like, this disgusting person. And in Naked, I think, that character who's played by the guy from Harry Potter, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Damn like, rewatching Harry Potter, All you of see Mike's so lens. many of these. 
Yeah. Yeah, you see so many of these people that have been in such adult movies, uh, and you're seeing them for the first time as like that, a child and like this. I think there's a. Thing. I think there's a joke where it just like the casting directors of Harry Potter movies are like, let's just watch another Mike uh, Lee movie uh, and just throw them in there because it's basic M- Moni Myrtle. We saw naked spreading chocolate all over herself in uh, in uh, Life is Sweet. It was very disturbing. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, rape culture is, it's something that is in, it's used for comedy. Back in it's the 80s and for, the 90s, it, it, you don't, movies yeah, that are not no, really. I mean, movies nowadays. I'm trying to think of a, for really, instance, of modern I, time, but it's, it definitely doesn't. Like, well, that's a the lot thing, of TV shows. Movies, I think are still coming through because Green Book but I, I can't really think of a, for instance, in which rape culture is uh, glorified in any kind of way. Mm. Um, I think also a movie that definitely hasn't aged well is Manhattan. And the oh same my kind of statutory well, rape. Well, I mean, that and American uh, Beauty are two. Well, Manhattan is uh, strange to watch because he is literally dating a, like a 17-year-old. Well, American Beauty is just hard to watch because... Uh, you know, he did have, or he tried to advance himself. Kevin Spacey adva- tried to advance himself on uh, underage boys. While in yeah American Beauty, it's with underage girls. Yeah, that's a sad one, though. I mean, Manhattan, I kind of, uh, I never really loved. I mean, it was a beautiful shot film, but I, I did really have a soft spot for American Beauty for a while, I hate to say. Um but it is it is a it is a creepy uh it's a creepy concept. In Manhattan, you know, it's it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, I really enjoy it and then he's like, I gotta I gotta go talk to my girlfriend who's six seventeen. It's like, why don't you read more? Yeah. It's like i you know, I'm still in high school. Uh hoo hoo. Uh, yeah, Manhattan's you know what? Someone should up. pick up because it even something. begins with him. Go ahead. Here's a here's a movie idea. Just throwing it out there. I am not in the position to direct it. I don't think I've I'm there. But someone should direct the sequel to Manhattan, starring the woman who was the girl in Manhattan, and kind of like being like, "That was a creepy time in my life. Now here I am." Would that, that would be s- interesting? I wonder. Would what she's that up be to. sold? Yeah, who knows? Maybe she's uh, um, maybe she owns an amusement park. So I want with Johnny Knoxville. So moving on because we're running out. Of, that would be that funny. would be funny. But yeah, Johnny, that would be a great idea. Actually, let's put a pin in that. That's um, also. I just want to let. So you know, moving. So, wait, hold on. We uh, have we sorry, don't have that much time, idea. and I feel like there's so much to get to. So there's also homophobia in movies um, slash transphobia, which I think what. What, like, rape culture was in the 70s and 80s, I think is, and 90s, is what homophobia was in, like, the 2000s. Like, I feel like so many comedies of the 2000s, and even 2010s, had homophobia jokes. Like, Hangover Part 2. Yeah, it's like, uh, what are you, gay? Ace Ventura. Stuff like that. Ace Ventura had a the trans, like, they it made fun of the, I guess the bad guy was trans or oh, something. what are you talking about? Even and Zoolander 2. was, like, the punchline. Was, that was, like, Z- Zoolander 2 had a whole character with Benedict Cumberbatch where it, it was a character called Shim or something, and it was, it was not, it was uncomfortable. 
Yeah, it was like a, I mean, at that point, it like, was, it was like a two came out type. kind of recently. Yeah, no, it was. I a feel like they should have known it, it was, at that point. I think but they were. Try- I was watching. I think they a, were trying to skirt the like, hey, you know, some things don't have to be all the way PC, but in this case, it was not. It was horrible. I, I was watching a um, uh, or I was looking at like a list of movies that haven't aged well, and one of them was actually it's not a movie, but uh, Delirious. Which is Eddie Murphy's stand-up? Oh, like, he is very quite, homophobic. Yeah. Like his he a, a huge portion of that stand-up was just gay jokes, and I didn't think any of it was funny. And I mean, it's 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 hard because I'm thinking like, would I think it's funny in the '80s? And I remember l- watching it when I you know when I was a kid and I didn't have any concept of PC culture or things not aging well. And I didn't think it was funny then either. Uh, I thought, you know, I don't it was more so funny, like the voices one. and stuff. I never thought any, because some well, of the raw words Raw is said, also I, very... Raw, that was It's also very homophobic. Oh, is it? Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. But, I, um... I don't, I don't remember hearing, remember... The only jokes I remember from that are the uh, haunted house joke. That's honestly the only one I could remember. Yeah. So I feel like there's still so much to talk about, um, but if we want to get into movies that we watched this week, we only have like four minutes left. I did. Left. I actually um, sat myself yeah, down and so watched the movie. Yeah, so let's speed through some stuff. Let's speed through some stuff real quick. Um, okay. Not saying that these are less uh, less bad so than other movies, but um, I was going to say these are kind of like the less controversial, but I think still instances in which... It hasn't really aged well. Uh, for instance, movies that show. Um, oh, also another homophobic movie is Chasing Amy. I was about to say that. Um, Never saw it. Which the whole movie is about. Uh, um, I think I find Jason Lee. I find um, Jason Lee annoying in that, and also the girl annoying. The yeah, woman. well, it's about the main character is just trying to um, turn, turn a, a lesbian straight. Is the whole point. So and then so less controversial, but I I still kind of have a problem with is instances in which uh, men are telling women how to look, uh, like Grease and Breakfast Club. Uh, uh, yeah. That's a very outdated trope in which it ends with a woman changing her appearance to look like a man. But that's just another instance of a very man centric world. Grease. Um, here's the thing. But I also, love Grease, but there's so many times where I'm like, darn it, you know. Why did you have it? Because now I think that movie is kind of canceled. Grease. Yeah, and then there's also um, the idea of the manic pixie dream girl, uh, which I, even, I think oh. was a big thing in the 2000s, um, but has recently also been depicted as, um, or it's it's come to known to be a very male, you know, male gaze uh, perspective of women. Um, cause these are the type of women that really don't have, they just have like the giant eyes and they look, you know, uh, they, they, they look kind of like children, I guess is the main thing. And they're really just there to like mm. bring a, a, a depressed man out of, out of, um, their, their sad state. Um, and like two instances of that is garden state. Um, I'd also, also 500 days of summer, but I would argue against that being a problem because 
I think that movie is about a man. It you see the the result of him looking at uh, Zoe Deschanel in that way, and him kind of growing oh, out. Oh, five hundred days of um, summer. Are you talking about? Yeah, I was talking about five hundred days of summer. Oh but also no, that Garden movie, see, State, I think is oh Garden Stages. Well, no, I'm saying if you did you not hear what I said? Is I think it's that's fine because. Uh, it's about the man, like, kind of... He's at fault for looking at her as a manic pixie girl. And slowly, as the movie uh, resolves, you see that Zoe Deschanel is not a manic pixie girl, and he kind of is... Besides, I mean, it's a happy ending, I guess, but he's he has to, like, grow up, basically. But, for instance, Garden State, I think, is similar to Manhattan. Not as bad, but just the fact that Zach Braff loves younger women... Um, you know, not a child, as in Manhattan, but in Garden State, he loves uh, someone who is the manic pixie girl. Um, what is her name? Uh, she plays Princess Amidala. Jackie. Jackie, we'll just go. What's her oh, name, I, Zach? Um, I, uh, Jackie Kennedy. Uh, no, Natalie Portman. No. Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman, yes. Natalie Portman plays Garden, in Garden State. Um, but then there's also movies like, that I think are problematic that people don't talk about, like Call Me By Your Name, for instance, which is about an old man, oh, you think once that's... again, an old oh, man dating right. a, yeah, because it's an old man dating a child, but it's just okay because they're gay, I guess. Um, and it's told from well, the child's isn't there perspective, a sequel coming so I guess it's that? not as bad. There is. And then the other one is, um, anywho, uh, Honey Boy, oh, there's once again gonna... a scene... Sorry, there's once again a scene in which a child is making out with an old person. That's something that I think still hasn't really gone away, but it is kind of odd that that's still acceptable um, in some what? regard, is children making out slash having sex with You mean underage older men. children? If it's told from the perspective... Yes, yes, children. That's They're all underage. If it's told from the perspective of the child. So that's that's all I have to say. Well, quite a lot to think about, people. Think about it. Now, I want to talk about a movie that I saw recently, and I've clicked away from it, but uh, it's a movie called Defending Your Life, uh, by directed by Albert Book, Brooks. Recently on the Criterion Collection, they released a bunch of Albert Brooks movies, and he directed a great movie called Lost in America. Highly suggest that movie. Uh, but the movie I watched of his was called Defending Your Life, what it's about, it's about Albert Brook dies, and then you get sent to purgatory, and you have to go to court, basically, to defend why you should either go on to the next level, which is heaven, or like just to on to the next way to life, or you get sent back to Earth as a different person. So the whole movie, he's defending his life, uh, uh, seeing like clips of himself. And it's really, it's really, I, I think, quite a good movie i i i suggest it it does have this kind of stereotypical 90s late 80s soundtrack um where it's like very like like do 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 almost kind of like the peewee herman like but not that weirdness uh there's a there's a soundtrack from the movie cape fear that i think was making fun of it where uh max caddy is watching a movie you know what i'm talking about 
It's like a I comedy. actually haven't he's, seen Cape Fear. Well, he's watching a movie, and it has this really like orchestral, like like that, but with like drums and and horns, and it's that kind of music. It's very cheesy, but the story is good. It's a young um, uh, Mel Streep who plays a great character, mm-hmm. and Albert Brooks is uh, great. No offense to Albert Brooks. Now that Albert Brooks is old, he's now, in my mind, transformed into a very, very scary-looking man. <laughs> well, in yeah, his early career, like in the... Well, because of Drive, and I think that now has shifted my whole perspective of him. But, like, in the 80s and 90s, he was like the goofball. I mean, taxi driver. He, he's the goofball. He's the guy people make fun of. Now, because all the skin is drooped and he's gotten you know, Wait, a little chubbier... Wait, who is he in Taxi Driver? He was the goofball that uh, works with um, uh, Sh- uh, Cheryl uh, uh, Shepard. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, I forgot about that. He's, he, he's like yeah. off camera. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I love you. It was Sybil Shepard. He's the ding Shepherd. dong. Sh- yeah, Shibble Shepard. Yeah. Shibble Shepard. Sybil. Um, Shib- Sybil. 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 Sybilis. 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 One, two, three. There you All go. right, that was my movie. Watch it. Defending your life. It's on Criterion now. Channel. My my movie is um, also from Criterion Channel, um, and it also kind of has to go in with what we were saying, um, to a degree. Uh, I watched Brazil, um, the Terry Gilliam film, um, which is beautifully shot, very interesting set designs, um, a combination of film noir. It rem- I mean. In a lot of ways, I don't want to ruin it. Well, maybe by saying it, I ruined it. But it does remind me of like uh, German expression expressionism, uh, like Doctor the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari kind of feel, except colorized and you know from the late eighties, nineties. I forget when. Um, and. I it's actually been a work in progress of me watching that movie. I think it's a little bit all over the place. Um, like it has cuts to him flying and being like this angel person. Wait, who is this again? Um, Brazil. Oh, Brazil. I like that movie. Yes, where he's like this. Can you not? Do you have trouble hearing me? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just thinking about. Uh... Okay. So afterlife. But the thing that I had an issue with was it's a rich white man who finds the whole story is kind of driven by him falling in love with this girl he just saw and and then follows her and and does basically whatever she says and then ends up sleeping with her. And well, I think that's that weird fan. And mean, I, I don't want to. I get, but that's why I'm kind of like. I think throughout it's in the that movie, fantasy. I was kind of rolling my. I was well. Hold on, I was rolling my eyes because I was thinking this is such a. This is such a, you know, a man's fantasy. But then I realized, you know, without giving much away, it is it is a fantasy, um, and like it's very much a man's delusional fantasy. Um, And not most, like a lot of it though, I don't know. 
I'm still kind of so-so about it because Terry Gilliam is one of those people who very recently has come out and been very anti the Me Too movement. <laughs> um, so I'm not really giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, so while watching it, I'm kind of just thinking, you know, he probably wasn't thinking of any of this stuff about how the woman is really just sexualized and is just someone to be this person's love interest to be his muse while really giving her a little bit of depth, but not really a whole lot of depth, more depth than say like a, uh, like a, a movie from the forties, but, um, not that much depth. Um, I, but I mean, it was going for that genre. It was like a film noir kind of feel, which didn't really give that much depth to anyone. Um, but, um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm still kind of processing it. I mean, vi- visually, it is very Beautiful. fascinating. And De Niro's also in it, talking about Cape Fear and you, you know, know people him at raping the end of the day, woman and people think of him yeah. as you know the gruff guy. I think he has a very uh, expansive career, going from comedy to goofball. Yeah, he was great to, in that movie. Yeah, I mean that's a really off the wall movie. choice for him. So hey, whatever yeah. pays the bills, I guess at the end of the day. Anyways. Uh, that was so a, yeah. Stay tuned for that Patreon episode. Yeah. How much do you um, think they'll make us? Char- I mean, uh, we'll get charged. Well, I mean, it's as per our layout. I think it's five bucks. Well, get to see it. Uh, man. So we we could buy our way into New York Film Festival with that kind of moolah. Well, you, we buy a ticket, I guess. Oh, yeah. um, but all the tickets are virtual, so I don't really want to. Man, wouldn't that be great? I don't, I don't, I, right. you know, it's the Lincoln Center's fine. They don't need our money. Anyways, all right, well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, Godspeed, everyone. All right, goodbye, everybody. God, stay clean, Spider Man. <laughs>